Friends, before we begin, let me invite you to keep up with all the Tracks for the Journey resources by subscribing to the Tracks Express newsletter. Once a week, I send a wide range of helps for well-being directly to your inbox. The Express has inspiration and insights for spirituality, relationships, ecology, emotional health, and yes, recipes for good food. The easiest way to subscribe is on my website, www.tracksforthejourney.com. Thanks for listening today. Welcome to the Tracks for the Journey podcast. I'm Larry Payne, your guide on a path of personal growth in spirit, mind, and body. In this program, I'll be sharing ways to improve your well-being with practical insight and inspiration. We'll follow the tracks made by progressive Christian spirituality, psychology, culture, and science. I've walked this trail for years as a pastor, hospital chaplain, and licensed counselor. On this trail, there's so much for us to learn together. I invite you to lace up your hiking boots today as we explore tracks for your life journey. When I was in high school, I took a test for entrance to the Mensa Society. Are you familiar with this? The society describes itself as the High IQ Society inviting anyone with an IQ in the top 2% of the world population to join. It was a paper test back then, and I got a copy to practice on. I figured I was at least as smart as the next genius, right? So I did the test and sent in to get the results. I waited for weeks, very excited. What were the results? Well, let's talk about it privately, if that would be okay. Today on Tracks for the Journey... I'll be discussing wisdom. Now, there won't be a test to take, but instead we're going to blend ancient and modern sources to find something helpful for your daily well-being. This episode of Tracks for the Journey is the final part of our look at the Serenity Prayer. I think you know the words to this prayer. They're so familiar. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. You remember when we talked in an earlier segment about the origin of the Serenity Prayer. This prayer is traced to a well-known preacher and theologian, Reinhold Niebuhr, an extraordinary Lutheran pastor, professor, and social activist in the mid-20th century. He led the efforts to bring faith into the political and social arena. His most notable work was called Christian Realism, in which he offered an ethic of social engagement to Christians in the midst of war and social upheaval. His teachings tried to find a practical balance between the ideals of Christian ethics and the evils of an unjust world. During the tumultuous world events of the 1930s through the 1950s, when it seemed like all the demons of hell had been loosed on the world with revolutions, Wars, genocide, and economic depression, Niebuhr composed or adapted this prayer and began to use it in his lectures and sermons. During part one, I discussed the importance of accepting the realities of life and making the best choices we could to live with those. In part two, the subject of courage was explored as we seek to change ourselves and the world around us. 
Today, I want us to talk about wisdom, what he mentions in the last part of this prayer. What is this thing called wisdom? And how can the final phase of the prayer be answered so that we can find, quote, the wisdom to know the difference? We need that as we face the crucial decisions of life. What is this quality of life called wisdom? I think it's important to distinguish between wisdom and knowledge. Knowledge thrives in the information age that we find all around us. In 2018, scholars published 30 million peer-reviewed articles in 2.5 million scholarly journals, covering the entire field of human knowledge. The truth is we're flooded with knowledge. I'm sure that many of you listening today have deep reservoirs of expertise in many fascinating subjects. For me personally, the more I've tried to learn about different things, the more I've realized how shallow my knowledge is about scientific subjects, theology, finance, family tree research, and, well, you name any other subject. Now, thinking about knowledge, if you're interested in increasing your knowledge, you might want to explore the 2015 Dissertation Award in Nuclear Physics written by Mike Mendenhall at the California Institute of Technology. He wrote a great dissertation entitled Measurement of the Neutron Beta Decay Asymmetry Using Ultra-Cold Neutrons. That does sound interesting. And for those who like theology, the Templeton Award this year went to Tom McLaughlin, who wrote, Resurrection as Salvation, The Development and Conflict in Pre-Nicene Paulinism. Now that does sound interesting. Maybe you could find something for happiness in your marriage or for making a decision about a better job. Or not. Those things encompass knowledge. But what about wisdom? How can we describe that? The dictionary defines wisdom as having good judgment or having the ability to apply principles to be successful in an endeavor. A stereotype for us, of course, is the guru, clothed in a robe, sitting cross-legged on a mountaintop, ready to dispense the secrets of life. Others might think of a professor or priest whose insights penetrate the facade that the student has put up, helping him to find the deepest answers. Wisdom has to do with the artistry of life, it seems. The skill to navigate through complexities or the insight to bring solutions when problems seem insurmountable. Tragically, of course, wisdom seems to be in short supply in our world. People around us, and we ourselves, still don't have the wisdom to make the choices that lead to the best possible life. It's a sad fact that every day we make choices that actually hurt us and others. We choose to lie, to act with selfishness, to support injustice, to pass by the needy, and the list could go on and on. The echoes of Martin Luther King Jr.'s observation still ring very true today, even though they were made in 1963. Quote, The means by which we live have outdistanced the ends for which we live. Our scientific power has outrun our spiritual power. We have guided missiles, but misguided men. End quote. So where can we turn to find some wisdom today? 
to discover more about the skill in this conduct of living. Let's take a break and we'll come back to investigate. I'm glad you've joined me for our episode today as we conclude our study of the Serenity Prayer. In this particular episode, we're exploring wisdom. It is the final part of the Serenity Prayer. It is spoken of as the key needed to figure out what we should change and what we should accept. In a practical sense, how can we grow in wisdom? The immediate source of wisdom is found in the world around us. Think of that infant in your family. What is she doing? Well, she's constantly watching, listening, exploring, imitating, making mistakes, and trying again. And all of it in the network of relationships. We are social animals. We learn from others. My youngest grandchild is just a little shy of two years old. It's potty training time. The joy of every parent. She has a training potty just her size, Right now, her major accomplishment is getting familiar with it. She carries it around from room to room, takes it apart, reassembles it, even tries to stand on top of it as mommy says, no, no, don't do that. Exasperated and impatient parents may feel she'll never gain the knowledge of how to do it and the wisdom of when to use it. But we know with coaching, correction, reward, and guidance, she will do just that. What the baby is doing is what we adults must do to gain wisdom. For it's in community that we can find wisdom by learning. The first question about gaining wisdom, then, is about our own attitudes. Are you open to growing in wisdom? That means, basically, are you teachable? Or have you decided you already know what it is to be wise? Some folks have said just that. They are set like concrete in their opinions. The search is over. They have it all locked up. Any new idea or change is suspect. In the movie, The Two Popes, written by Andrew McCartan and produced by Fernando Morellas, the character of Pope Benedict XVI is portrayed quite faithfully as a defender of the traditional faith. For him, the Catholic faith is sealed and unchangeable. He shouts at the future Pope Francis, Change is compromise! A familiar word might be found on the lips of many preachers, politicians, pundits, and parents. But wisdom is not found in static opinions. Wisdom comes, if I may say it, like learning to use the toilet when you're a preschooler. We must be teachable, or we'll never discover what wisdom really is. Considering this serenity prayer, wisdom guides us in the rough-and-tumble process of change. We learn from others, and from our own trial and error, what must be changed and what cannot be. It can be said the proverbial brick wall is an effective teacher. It can also be said that that trickle of water that worked for six million years to form the Grand Canyon, is a professor of perseverance. We must be learners or we will be like politicians who ignored the scientific warnings of a pandemic, swept away in their own narcissistic foolhardiness, costing America thousands of deaths.
Can you name anyone alive today who possesses wisdom? If you can, make them a close friend that you can learn from in the difficult choices of life. There's another source of wisdom for us beyond our human teachers and experience. So let's explore that after our break. During these difficult times in our world, many of us experience anxiety, grief, broken relationships, or sadness. When these get heavy, it's important to reach out for support. And I want you to be aware of a great website that can provide personal care for you. BetterHelp.com provides confidential, online, licensed professional mental health providers to meet all kinds of emotional and relationship concerns. When you subscribe, you'll be matched with a counselor who's trained to meet your needs. You can have this therapy right where you are in the convenience of your home. You can communicate by video conference, email, chat, or phone. And you can use any device, anywhere. Now the cost varies, and you'll have to log on to the website to find out about that. It's been my pleasure to be one of 6,000 licensed professionals on the counseling team. Tens of thousands have clients have said this made a difference for them. I've enjoyed working with over a hundred different people. Don't hesitate today to check out BetterHelp.com. And when you do, use the promo code SHARETHECARE. That's all one word, SHARETHECARE. That will give you one free month on BetterHelp.com. We're returning to our study of the final phrase in the Serenity Prayer, a phrase about wisdom to know the difference between the things we can change and those that must be accepted. We talked about having a teachable attitude to learn from those around us. The other resource is found in the sacred faith traditions that give us examples of wisdom. Around 2,500 years ago, the Jewish people and others in the ancient Mediterranean world filled many books with what we call wisdom literature. The book of Proverbs is part of this genre. In these writings, wisdom is all about possessing great skill in the conduct of living, living, quote, the best possible way and the best possible effect, according to biblical scholar Roger Waybray. Proverbs has basic advice that your granddad might share. Some of those read like this. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. Or another one goes like this. Hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers all wrongs. Or perhaps the most dangerous verse in the Bible is found in Proverbs. Don't quote this at home. It says, Better to live in a desert than with a quarrelsome and nagging wife. Yes, that's in the Bible. Some of these wisdom sayings seem to be very good, and others make us laugh. 
It teaches us that these biblical wisdom sayings are not to be treated as promises, prophecies, or universal rules. They were brief observations about human experience in the ancient Near East 2,500 years ago. When we read them carefully, we find that they sometimes contradict each other, even within the same chapter. One book in this series of literature may warn against sexual adventures, while another celebrates the same in explicit language, and that within a harem, no less. The context of the works grows from a world of kings and peasants, a barter economy, patriarchal clans, lurking creatures of supernatural evil, and a punishment-based ethics, all of which fade from relevance in our 21st century. We won't really find wisdom for living today if we expect to find universal rules, principles, or slogans in these chapters. After hearing these biblical verses, you might ask, Larry, if they're so outdated and so general, how can they help us find wisdom for today's world? The Old Testament scholar, Dr. Pete Enns, gives us the answer. The biblical witness is valuable because it shows us the way to make wisdom rather than giving universal rules to follow. In his words, quote, Wisdom is about the lifelong process of being formed into mature disciples who wander well along the unscripted pilgrimage of faith in tune to the all-surrounding thick presence of the Spirit of God in us and in the creation around us, end quote. From his words, we understand that wisdom comes in the journey with God, in our rich yet sometimes stumbling path, learning from the active universal Spirit of God. We make wisdom as we walk with Jesus through this dynamic 21st century world. Rachel Held Evans says it well in her book, entitled Inspired. She says, quote, Wisdom is presented as a way or path that the sojourner must continually discern amid the twists and turns of life. Wisdom is a way of life, a journey of humility and faithfulness we take together one step at a time, end quote. These two resources are with us then to show how the sacred writings help us to find wisdom. We learn from experience in our daily life, and we connect with the active work of God who has joined us on our path today just as he joined those ancient disciples when the book of Proverbs was written. So after our break, Let's connect back to the amazing final words of this serenity prayer. Wisdom is all about us. As we explore the last phrase of the serenity prayer, I find it interesting to use the version that Reinhold Niebuhr prayed most often in his lectures. It's slightly different than the version that's printed on our plaques and quoted in the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book. Niebuhr often prayed it this way, quote, God, give us the grace to accept with serenity the things that cannot be changed, courage to change the things that should be changed, and the wisdom to distinguish one from the other. 
That first line is important. The serenity prayer is a request of God to help us. We need God to provide grace for our wisdom to flourish. Grace is God's unmerited love, provision, presence, and blessing. We are participants for sure, but more as the pilgrim who cups her hands to drink from a flowing spring of fresh water. As Dr. Enns says, quote, Wisdom is a gift from God, liberally available to all, not a secret key available only to an elite few. End quote. To consider this personally, it's worth reflecting about what decisions you face today. Where do you need wisdom? Perhaps it's in a troubled relationship or a risky financial situation. You may be searching for guidance about taking Dad to a nursing home or helping little Carolina deal with school bullies. Theological questions about what it means to follow God in our fractured world are real. Loving your neighbor, the white, the black, the brown, the straight, the Muslim, all are vital decisions that force us to seek wisdom for today. The list is endless and so very situational within your own cultural context. It is precisely there that we find the work of God so brilliant. Wisdom is a divine gift to the teachable mind found as we wrestle, stumble, listen to the Spirit, and act with courage in seeking well-being. We can close our episode by turning back to the book of Proverbs. The invitation to wisdom is for anyone. In Proverbs chapter 2, we hear it as it rings out even today. Quote, If you turn your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, then the Lord will give wisdom, and you will understand what is right and just and fair in every good path. End quote. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Tracks for the Journey. I'm Larry Payne, your podcast host. Tracks for the Journey is produced at Bright Star Studio on the High Plains of West Texas, all rights reserved. Original music is provided by Howard Harper Barnes through Epidemic Music. The podcast is distributed by Buzzsprout. I invite you to visit the Facebook page, Tracks for the Journey, to learn more. And I welcome you to follow the page and enter the discussions. If you liked what you heard today, subscribe to the podcast and be sure and rate it wherever you get your podcasts. I would appreciate you suggesting it to the friend. You can also reach me by email at the address trackspodcast at mail.com. I invite you today to keep making tracks on your journey of well-being. And join me in a couple of weeks as we come back to explore more for our well-being.